Welcome to the Best Relationship Ever podcast. I'm Freddie Concio. And I'm Melinda Concio. To navigate the best relationship ever, we have found some of the greatest skills to accomplish this. Through 35 years of marriage and 25 years of pastoring, much of what we've learned will be shared throughout our podcast. So if you're interested in creating amazing relationships in your life, Hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our podcasts. Welcome to BRE. And do you know what BRE stands for? Best relationship ever. Okay, okay. you'll be doing that every time we talk. You'll be doing that everything again. Are you because keep... it's exciting. Well, you're always excited. Well... Not when I wake up in the morning, but usually short after. After you get your coffee, you're good to go. You go. So last episode, we got into the great commandment, and we broke that down into the four big ones, which is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I am so passionate about this verse. Very, very true. You are even writing a book about it. Okay, yes, that's true. Thank you, yes. It's going to be coming out soon. But when you look at this words, heart, soul, mind, and strength, these are for social skills that you develop with God and others as you get into this. And I think it because it deals with the whole person, uh, not that we're just one part of this. You can't just be, I'm a big heart person. That might be your major, but yes. the others all play a part of your life. And all those areas need to be improved, repaired, Sometimes brought out of the dark. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're developing them and we develop them with love. You see, the key of this whole verse is thou shalt love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, it all begins with love. It's not on performance and how great you're going to be and how great you are. Just being faithful to love God with your heart, your soul. Right, your mind and your strength. Once you develop these areas, you're able to love your neighbor. That's why the second is like the first commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It works. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, if we are created, which I do believe, we are created in the image of God. God did it on purpose. Um, and he wants us to love all him with all these areas of ourselves, how much more the other creations on the earth, the other people yes. are going to be in that same image, in that same part. So the better that I can be curious about myself in these areas. Here's a phrase that I've been using in my life, even in our marriage, be curious. All the time. Yep, be curious. If I'm curious about myself and why I'm acting this way in my heart or my soul, my mind, my strength, or I'm curious about you and how you're acting in your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Once I'm curious, then I can find out some answers and possibly come up with solutions. True. That Yeah, that is true. And I, I enjoy, there's another uh, verbiage that I've been hearing a lot. And to me, I've really embraced it because it's been an area where I've been challenged. Um, the whole thing of being having a set mindset or a non-movable mindset versus a learning mindset. And then when you open yourself to having that learning mindset, nothing's impossible. It All of a sudden, all these things open up. If I can be curious about 
why I respond to a person in a certain way, and I can be curious about it enough to learn about myself, then all of a sudden I now have a stepping stone and a connection to another person. That's good. That whole part of being curious opens the door to find out what's really going on with people. And sometimes, now here it is, we can miss the mark. Where I'm being curious about you and then I draw a conclusion or make up a story. This is how you really are. And when I'm off, how does it make you feel? Makes you feel terrible. Makes you feel like you don't matter or I misread you into a point where I'm calling you something that you're not. And that's where missing the mark comes in really clear. Have you ever heard of the phrase sinner? Oh, yeah. When did you hear about it? Tell me, girl. Because remember, you were a Baptist girl from way back when. Come on now. Um, From childhood, every Sunday morning, my grandma would come and take us to church. And I love her for that. And she did the best she could in trying to love on us. But that preacher at that church, he loved that word sinner. I heard it a lot. And it seemed like everybody except him apparently was a sinner because he was telling us to change. (laughs) You got it right on the nose because that's the guys I used to listen to too. They would all come up with this attitude of pointing their finger telling people that they're sinners. And sometimes they didn't even know what the word really meant. When you look at the word sinner, the word sinner came from the Bible back in, it was an archer's term, an archer that shoots a bow and an arrow. When he would point his at his target and he would shoot his arrow and he'd miss his mark, they would shout, sinner, sinner. So every time you miss your mark, you're called a sinner. And basically, that's what's going on in life with us. When I miss my mark on seeing who you really are as a person, that makes me feel like I've blown it. I've messed up. And that's where grace can come through the door for your life. Grace is, I think we hit on this lightly from the last episode, but grace is the hinge on which it all turns. Yes. Right? This is without uh, grace, there is no opening of the door. Or loving heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's impossible. It, it, it won't work yep. because grace is that favor or the acceptance to be able to uh, do it even if I don't deserve to do it. We could not get saved without grace. The Bible says you were saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Now, when you look at that, that you were saved by grace. Well, what is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God and also the power to not repeat your faults or your or get out of your faults. It's the power. That is it. Grace has a power within it to get out of all my sins, all my faults, all my missing the mark. So in relationships, because you you brought up something because you're quoting the scripture from the Bible, um, the the grace of God and how that shows up. Well, we can have grace towards one another because I free, freely received grace. In other words, I didn't pay for it. Yeah, that's why grace is called the unmerited right. favor of God. That you can't earn it. There you go. But then because I've received it, now I have the opportunity to offer it to other people to build relationships on a human level. Uh, and I think some people, they, they have this relationship with God or they think they have this relationship with God, but they don't translate that into relationship with other people. And that's what I feel like we're trying to bring across through these podcasts, through these recordings, 
putting this out into the universe that God cares about your relationship with him. Of course, first and foremost, but just as much he cares that you have relationship with other people. That's good. That's really good. Because the grace of God will translate into that where you can have relationship with other people. But there are some people that believe that they are above this grace. They don't need it. They already got the grace of God and they don't really need to apply it on others. But yet that means you're not aware of your own humanity, your own shortcomings, your own faults. When I'm aware of my faults of who I am and how messed up I am, then I'm aware of, man, I need God's grace. And God's grace comes over me unmerited, unearned, and he gives it to me and gives me the power to come out of my mess well, then why don't I give that to you or give mm-hmm. that to someone else? Yeah. That's like a gift. That's like me handing you, hey, Melinda, here's $10 million. Woo-hoo. All I want you to do is just give away uh, $2 million of it, you know, just to some people that are going to need it throughout your life. Would you say that was a good deal? Here's $10 million, Just give away $2 million in your lifetime. Yeah. Well, generosity, even in these areas of grace, when you have more than enough, it's easy to give it away. See? And that's where God's grace comes in with more than enough. He forgives your past, your present, and your future. When you walk into that kind of grace, that is amazing. Now, here's where some pastors get nervous. I've heard pastors say, don't start you preaching that grace stuff because that means everybody can sin all they want and get away with it. And I said, no, that's the other side of grace is the power to come out of sin. It's so you don't have to repeat your sin. It's so you can be forgiven, so that you can be healed, so you can come back into favor with God, and, and you did it with, with, without having to go through works or jumping through hoops to make it happen. You just walked right into the grace of God, boldly to that throne of grace, and you enter into a place where now it's done. You get to walk away free with God in that. I love it. I, I think that is very important to recognize that, well, I'll I'll use myself as an example. When I'm feeling shamed or condemned because of something I've done wrong, especially in that old format of church that I grew up in, it made me want to hide my sin. It didn't (laughs) deal with my sin. It just meant I had to become a better hider or concealing what I was doing wrong. You're talking a big part of the church that does that to this day. So instead, grace means I can come into the light and God still wants me. Yep. And you I can don't be have healed. to run and yep. hide. That, that is the power. Because if I can bring it into the light and look at my failings or, or faults or where I missed the mark, then I can ask God, show me how to grow in this. And that's his grace floods that area and said, he doesn't turn his head in shame away from me, but he says, my child, I love you. I never stopped loving you. So here's how you walk out of that sin. And it's amazing grace. Oh man. That's why people sing that song, amazing grace. And when you get into the space of finding out how grace operates for you, it's in your favor. Mm-hmm. It's not against you. It's in your favor. Then you start realizing, hey, grace is going to get me through these relationships that I'm going to have trouble with at times because there are going to be people that don't like me yeah. or people that I may not like their ways. Yeah. But what I'm going to find out is grace overrides that and allows me to enter into a place of freedom. Well, and I think grace 
when it's extended, let's just take this down to a relationship because, you know, some of this, some people might think, oh yeah, you're, you're preaching to me, you know, whatever. Um, but let's take this down to relationships. When I had, say there's an argument or a disagreement between you and myself, one of the main <clears throat> things you and I have learned mm -hmm. is extending grace by just reminding ourselves we're on the same side. I'm not against you. My goal is to benefit you with yeah, whatever in my like life. Like on the same team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So grace is, again, it's that hinge to the door. Um, grace is that open door or the invitation, really, for like, because it's still up to you if you want to walk in or not. Mm -hmm. I love when you said that at times when we've been in a little dispute, uh, <laughs> you'll come up and say, hey, remember, I'm on your side. Yeah. And just understanding that concept that, matter of fact, I would encourage you in your relationships as you're listening to this podcast that you may want to say that with a close friend or a partner and just say, hey, remember, I'm on your side. And there's something about that power of agreement that causes you to calm down and say, okay, Grace, Grace, you're on my side. Let's work this out together. When you're in a financial dispute, hey, I'm on your side. When you're in a medical dispute, hey, I'm on your side. When you're in a family dispute, hey, I'm on your side. And every time you say that, you've changed the atmosphere immediately. Yeah. I've seen it work multiple times. Um, when I have felt that I was being attacked by your words, or even sometimes it wasn't your words that attacked me. It was my interpretation or the way I yeah. perceived the way you were talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we've both said it to each other at different times, but it is an immediate de-escalator. It takes the fire out of the argument. I'm not trying to prove myself right. It's just like, right, we're on the same team. So how can we find an agreement or a place that we can stand on this together to solve whatever we're up against at the time? Yeah, true. And what happens when you come up to that place where there's somebody that hurts you really bad, whether it's your spouse, a friend, a partner, whoever, but they just hurt you bad and you got to forgive them. Grace becomes the door that leads to forgiveness. Now I'm going to talk about it, Melinda. We're going to get into the F word. Uh, dun, dun, dun. The F word for some people is forgiveness because yeah. they can't stand to even talk about it because there's no way they're going to forgive that person that hurt them. And I'm not trying to minimize anybody's hurts or pain because some of us have suffered in many different ways from people hurting us in different avenues. And here comes the word forgiveness. It was like, how am I going to give forgiveness to them? Well, it's the same way grace showed up. Why are you giving grace to anyone else? Because God gave me grace. Why am I forgiving someone else? Because God forgave me. So when you start to check out that forgiveness part, you start seeing that even in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So what is forgiveness? It's forgiving a what? It's forgiving anything. It could be as slight. Somebody forgot my birthday. All the way to a tragic a child being molested um, by an adult that all these and all the in-betweens, there has to be forgiveness. And what happens is with unforgiveness becomes comes a debt. 
a price that has to be paid. Right. For the person that committed the crime or committed the fault, there's a price that has to be paid because that's justice. Everybody wants justice. And here comes a person saying, I need forgiveness. Now, it's up to us to give it to them. And how do we do that? How do we enter into that place of saying, okay, I'll forgive you again this time? Well, not even if they ask for forgiveness. It's not even healthy for us to carry unforgiveness within our bodies. There you go. You got it. It's my true belief, and there is much scientific research that's proven this, that the human body is not made to carry unforgiveness. It becomes toxic within your brain, which then flows into your body. There's even illnesses that they attribute to unforgiveness. Yeah. And forgiveness, there is this misunderstanding that forgiveness means they totally get away with it. Once you forgive them, they get away with it. I once had a lady come to me in our church, and she looked me square in the eye, and she says, okay, great, I forgive them, and they get away with it scot-free. Is that what happens? I mean, where is my payback? And I went, whoa. And she said They feel like if if there's not a physical action taken against them, like, but it has to be by their own hands. That's part of justice. That's vengeance, right? Yeah, yes, yes. It's not justice because justice means that righteousness or right comes from it. True, true. But vengeance is like, I'm going to get them back and I want to see them pay. I'll get the payback, right. <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. So when you start to look at it in the Bible, the Bible speaks about payback. He speaks about it in, in repaying what was done wrong to you. And a lot of people miss this point in the scripture. Let me read it to you in Romans 12, 17 and 19. It says, repay. You get that word? Repay. Keep that in mind. Because it's a debt. There's a debt. That's where it just all comes together. You just caught it. Here we go. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself. There you go. Talk about that vengeance. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Catch that underline it. I will repay. What did God mean by that? God says, I will requit. I will give it back to you. Whatever was taken from you, whatever it cost you, I will repay when? When you let it go and forgive and let me take the vengeance and not you take it. Right. Because when you take the vengeance, you're taking on the pain and the suffering of carrying unforgiveness. And that is a pain and a suffering that no one should carry because you continue to carry it. It just doesn't go away after one day, two days, three days. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it hurts the other person. I love that saying. I've heard it so many times by so many people, but every time I hear it, I'm reminded of the depth of truth that is. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison. In other words, you're thinking toxic thoughts of them. You're thinking about what you're going to do to get back from them. They're actually still having power over you. That's a good way of looking at it. Because you are still locked up in your brain and your thought, your emotions are all caught up in what they did to you and how they deserve something evil to happen to them. And God says, I come that you can have real life, freedom. Yep. Let it go. Let me deal with them and I will repay 
you. See, when they're living in that toxic thought, they're living in a a prison, basically, of pain. Mm -hmm. Constant pain that reoccurs every time they see them. They're at a party. Oh, there they are. And the pain hits them. Yeah. Oh, there they are at the store. Oh, oh, I just heard about them on the phone. Oh, I saw them on Facebook. Or anybody who reminds them of that person. Exactly. That is amazing. So forgiveness, I, I would like to add this one caveat because I've lived my whole life, even as a small child, learning that to forgive. That's the good quote unquote Christian thing to do is to forgive. But forgiveness isn't just a band-aid. Nope. You don't just say a simple prayer and then, okay, it's now gone. it's not supposed to hurt anymore, right? No, nope, nope. I think forgiveness really is a lifestyle. It's a process. You have to do it. Um, my mom and dad divorced when I was 10 years old. Now, my dad meant everything to me. I wanted to be his favorite. I wanted his attention. I liked him better than I liked my mom. Um, But then he was not good to my mother, as I found out as I was older. And I had to go through my teenage years forgiving my dad. Now, I knew of the concept I didn't understand all this part, like what you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. vengeance and all that. I just knew as a good Christian girl, remember, I had to mark all those boxes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I had to forgive. So I knew that the process was there. But truthfully, growing up as a young woman, every time I was let down by another man, it, it was in my mind, another box that, well, all men are just like this. My dad left me. Therefore... Other men are going to leave me. But what I had to find is that I had to forgive, even in in those instances, my dad again. Wow. And then early in marriage, and he couldn't come to our wedding or even care Mm -hmm. that I was getting married, I had to forgive him again. It's an ongoing thing. And then my first child was born, and he couldn't give a bigger flip about it. And again, broke my heart. You would think I'd learn, but as humans, I think there's a part of us that wants to hold out that hope that one day I'll be good enough to be accepted. I still, to this day, I'm sure there'll come up another thing. I need to forgive him again. So it's a lifestyle of forgiveness. So Melinda, when you're going through that, because by means, no means is that light, what you just said, what you went through. How do you work on the healing part of that? I understand you forgive and you let it go and you cancel the debt and you get God's blessing on that. Does that healing part come by, I will repay from God? Is God the one that brings that healing to you? Or what? how do you get healed from pain like that? Well, I think it's uh, God supplies what you need when you need it. Mm. And in, in one area, I mean, that's such a, a deep question you just asked me and I could go on four days about that. But just to make it concise, I I think one area is God brought you into my life Hmm. where my dad was unfaithful and he didn't really care to be a a father to his children at that time in his life. You came into my life and God blessed me with our relationship where you did care immensely about my life and my feelings that you wanted to make sure that I was taken care of. And as a husband, you've been nothing but faithful to me and our family. So in an, in a way, as, as I was able to release the hurts from my dad, my earthly father, you then were able to come in and fill some of those areas that he couldn't meet. 
Mm, okay. You just messed me up. That means a lot. Yeah. And I am so glad that you weren't vengeful, that you weren't unforgiving, because I would have missed out Aww, babe. on a beautiful person. Oh, I love you. And our God is that way to us. He's not out in the venge- vengeful business to hurt us because we fail him. And that's where grace comes back around. I mean, it's, it's, it's all because he wants relationship with us. So true. His love is so encompassing. It covers my, my faults and my frailties. And he even paid a price and gave his grace. So now I can love you. Mm. I like to pray right now, babe. There might be somebody out there that's dealing with unforgiveness. Yeah. And the pain. It's so much of a bondage. Difficult to carry. It's unbearable. Yeah. If you're listening, would you just take a moment and just say this prayer? Just repeat after me. And I'm believing that God's going to do some healing in your life. Dear Jesus. Jesus. I come to you today. Come to you today. I ask you, I ask you for your amazing grace. For your amazing grace. To come over me. To come over me. Forgive me for things that I've done. And heal my heart in such a way that I can forgive others. Even those that have hurt me deeply. Yes. Lord, I don't want to take on the vengeance the wrath, the justice. I could never do the righteousness that you could accomplish. So I ask you today, cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind, and cleanse my way of being in the act of forgiveness. I say this this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I'm I'm not supposed to be a crybaby on podcasts, but man, you you hit me heavy. (laughs) You hit me heavy. So let's put tennis shoes on this before we go out the door here, okay? Real quick. The tennis shoes is how you walk it out. That's what we call it, putting tennis shoes on. Number one, the four big things that we're developing are developing our social skills to become the whole person. So in breaking that down is the heart, soul, mind, and strength. And developing those areas will actually strengthen and make a way for my social life with other people. Exactly. Number two, being curious is uh, the way of saying um, is to notice yourself and others. Yeah, being aware of yourself, just asking questions of yourself. Number three, when someone misses the mark on your life, you apply grace. You have to. You got to apply grace. And for yourself, you have to allow grace. Yep. Number four, try these words. I'm on your side. That was a good one. I like that. When when we are able to commit to our team and our partnership, I'm on your side. It works amazing. And then finally, forgiveness is a lifestyle. Yes, it is. I've learned that. Thank you for forgiving me, Melinda, when I mess up. Oh, and you've been so forgiving towards me. I sure you, love you. Yes, I have. I'm a very forgiving person. Thank you. <laughs> 
I'm one of God's little angels. And not and not and also very humble. <laughs> <laughs> love you, babe. I love you. Look forward to seeing you all on the next podcast. Bye bye. Bye. Something to remember. God has placed relationships as one of his top priorities, and I believe we can learn to do that as well. Like and subscribe to BRE Podcast. Be sure to share with friends. Best Relationship Ever is based out of Covering Ministries. You can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. There is also a link directly to our website in the show notes. Please consider partnering with us. Help us see this program reach thousands who are in need of support and trainings.